I think the ethos for Stagecoach is without the bus drivers, we don't have a business. So we're not going to we're not going to have too many support staff that we don't necessarily need. You know, we're we're always trying to be lean because at the end of the day, it affects the revenue that comes into the business. Hi, I'm Paul Miller, and this is Digital Workplace Impact, where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices, and people that are impacting the new digital worlds where we all work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking and boutique consulting services. And if you'd like more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. I really enjoyed meeting Ricky Sicklemore from Stagecoach in Chicago at Digital Workplace Experience. Stagecoach, which run a whole fleet of buses across the UK, um, had just won the Digital Workplace of the Year Award for 2019 for their approach to frontline mobile. Um, What I really like about the way that Ricky and Stagecoach have approached frontline mobile is this really down-to-earth matter-of-fact no-nonsense approach that actually works they did the the legwork they looked at a whole bunch of different technologies they went out into all the depots the places where people are driving the routes and they really kind of got inside the heads and experiences of all of the drivers, people who work running this pretty extensive network of buses across the UK. Uh, And I've always felt, I think with justification, that the people out in the field doing inverted commas, the real work, which it really is, um, are often really neglected. You know, they've kind of suffered with these kind of kiosks and and sort of systems that don't really work for them but now with devices that we have and that people have it's actually possible to connect everybody inside the organization and I think Stagecoach has done a phenomenal job and in the show notes you'll see a little example of the way that they've approached it now for Ricky I'm delighted to be joined by Ricky Sicklemore. Ricky is a business analyst at Stagecoach who run a whole fleet of buses across the UK. He's been at Stagecoach for 17 years. He's had various roles, um, recruitment assistant, pay clerk, special projects manager, recruitment manager, communications manager, and then lately in the last two years, as part of the group change team Um, and he acted as a project manager on their blink project which we're going to hear about i got very interested in stagecoach partly because of the number of awards that stagecoach has has um, won but particularly because of the way that the organization has uniquely involved people in the frontline roles, the people, inverted commas, doing the real work. Um, So it's great to have you on the podcast today, Ricky. Thanks for having me. So let's just start off. For for people who aren't familiar with 
stagecoach can you stagecoach can you just paint a picture of what the the company does yeah so we are uk based uh, and we provide public transport buses and trams uh, across the whole of the uk our tram operation is in sheffield um and we we have it, it's quite an odd business because whilst we're a stagecoach group it's actually made up of 18 individual businesses underneath the stagecoach umbrella um so that was obviously part of the task uh, that we did here great so um and and just give me a kind of sense of the the size of the organization how many buses do you have how many people are in the in in the company um where are people located and things like that so we have uh, 25,000 staff across the whole of the UK and we run around about 8,000 buses our biggest operating company is London where we have just under 4,000 staff and around about 1,200 uh, buses that actually run out of London. But we literally, you know, we are the length and breadth of, of the UK. So we, we run services all the way down into kind of Plymouth and, and Devon and that way, and all the way up to North Scotland and the Orkneys and places like that. So we really are absolutely everywhere across the UK. Right. So as we speak, you've got a whole bunch of uh men and women around the country driving your buses collecting people dropping them off uh and then a bunch of people in depots servicing all of this uh infrastructure yes predominantly we are we're very very lean when it comes to support staff um i'd certainly mm. say out of those 25,000 you've probably got 22,000 of them who are all frontline workers so they don't have regular access to pcs or anything like that certainly probably just under twenty thousand of them are bus drivers alone so they are you know out very very isolated in the the cabs of the vehicles you've got about two thousand of those would be engineers um and then the, the remainder would be kind of support staff uh, a couple of central functions up in scotland and one in uh, Stockport in Manchester, but very, very lean when it comes to support staff at the depots. We've got 118 depots across the UK, so those those additional people are spread across those. Mm. And and so are you a bit like IKEA in the sense that, and this stayed with me, when I first visited IKEA's headquarters in Sweden, I, of course I spent my time looking for a big store with IKEA written on the top, but actually it's very, very difficult um, finding their head office because it's got a tiny little sign outside that says ikea and the reason is their founder said the head office isn't important the really important people are the people in the stores around the world is that the same kind of ethos at stagecoach yeah i mean we if i think the ethos for stagecoach is without the bus drivers we don't have a business so we're not going to we're not going to have too many support staff that we don't necessarily need. You know, we're, we've always tried to be lean because at the end of the day, it affects the revenue that comes into the business. So we're not going to have you know buildings and head offices for the sake of having them. Each individual operating company will have its own kind of regional head office, but even that, that's very very lean, and we'll just have the staff that's needed to run that operation. Okay. Now, was and and something that that kind of strikes me. Sometimes I see. You know, particularly in sort of, you know, in the evening, you'll see a bus driver, you know, they're, they're kind of driving around and, and I kind of feel like it looks like quite a lonely job. I know, obviously, you're meeting people somewhat, but, but it, it, it feels like, like I, I sort of look at them and I think that's, that's kind of quite hard work. It could feel quite isolated. Um, is that 
part of where you were coming from in where in what you've done to engage this um uh this workforce very much so very much so so we have a very very limited touch time with these employees because their driving shifts will be anything from eight hours a day to, to 12 hour days obviously they'll have their breaks in the, in the middle of that as well but they will literally some people will come into the depot very very early in the morning perhaps sign on at four o'clock in the morning they'll be in the depot for 10 15 minutes they'll go out get their bus they'll drive for eight hours they'll come back to the depot they'll pay in their the, the takings for the day and then they'll go home so it's a very, we have a very limited touch points if we need to get information out to our drivers and to uh, not so much our engineers because our engineers are based in the depots, but certainly mm. our drivers. It is, it is quite um, isolated. Lots of, lots of our drivers enjoy it because they will have their regular customers and you know they're, they're driving the same routes, so they get to know people and things like that. But it is very difficult to get kind of communications and information out to the staff when you do have such limited opportunity to actually see them so that's why we did kind of work on this project so so tell me how you approach the challenge of 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 connecting engaging and 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 starting to address you know the kind of this very distributed uh workforce that you've got so we already had an intranet um, and we'd had an intranet for two years um it's fair to say that the intranet was very desk orientated uh, everybody had to have a username and password and obviously people forget usernames and passwords and trying to get people to help you know reset on these passwords became a, a challenge in itself and, and also kind of keeping the internet up to date because it it was looking like it was two years old as well obviously with websites and the way they evolved two years is a long time so i was actually asked at the time to have a look and see is it fit for the future? Um, we, we were kind of uh, moving with a new strategy for the business, which was the fit for the future strategy to ensure that you know we could um, essentially get value for all, uh, improve the operational excellence whilst looking at the safety elements, the customer focus and the great people. And it was, it was really kind of, it was a big project that I undertook. I went around all of the operating companies, spoke to them all about you know what works for them, what doesn't work for them, spoke to our end users and said, okay, if you could have a blank canvas, what would you have? And all of them said, we want an app. This is the one thing we want is an app. So we were actually going to just, you know, we looked around, I went and met with uh, Facebook, I went and met with uh, Interact, um, went and met with a few other people as well. But it, but all of it just, it seemed very samey. Um, there wasn't anything there that I thought, oh, you know what, this this could be different. This could revolutionise the way that we communicate with our staff. So we were kind of almost at the point of, of sticking with Interact, who were the, the providers at the time. And then um, we attended a conference, and at that conference were Blink, who, who we essentially then signed up with for, for this platform. And Blink were completely different. Um, it was built with frontline employees in mind. Um, they are a mobile app. There is there is a desktop app for it as well. There is a website for it that you can access it. But it was all built for people who have no access to PCs. And that's what we loved because it would really fit in with the digital transformation that we want to do, to do for the business. So, so just, uh, and we'll get into the the app itself, and obviously in the show notes we'll we'll do, um, you know, screen grabs so people can see what it looks like, etc. Um, but but 
I'm I'm really interested. So you were going around the 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 depots and into the operating companies, and and were you were you going on the buses with all the people driving to kind of see what they do in their day to day work and and and. I kind of had knowledge of that anyway. Because of my previous roles, I spent a lot of time recruiting bus drivers. So I kind of... Right. Have you driven a bus yourself? No. No, sadly not. Sadly not. Right. Have you not had some massive yearning to, to go and drive a bus? I've always wanted to do it, but the opportunity has never arisen for me to right. do it, sadly. Right. Um, you haven't got like a sort of minivan at home that you're, you know, where you where, where you the closet bus driver in you comes out. <laughs> no, no, sadly not. Um, but it was more when I went around and spoke to these operating companies. I would re- I would go top top down and, and you know bottom up with with the number of people that I would speak to. So we had a representative in each operating company who was kind of their intranet champion. It wasn't their full time role. It was always a bolt on role to to someone's day job. So we'd you know I'd, I'd go around and speak to those. But I would also then go and speak to the managing directors, the operations directors, all the way down to kind of the engineers and, and the, the cleaners to find out really what it is. Because it's all very well me sitting in, in an office going, I think this is definitely what this driver in Aberdeen wants. But I'm hundreds of miles away and what, what I want and what this driver wants could be two different things. And that was one of the challenges that we faced with our intranet it was a whilst it was one intranet for the entire business the way that it was set up it was actually 18 separate intranet sites so there was it was kind of working in silos there was very little shared collaboration across the business at all and that was one of the things that we really struggled with you know people in central teams up in scotland and in manchester if they did a search on something simple as the alcohol and drugs policy for the businesses there is only one policy but you'd get it returned 18 times because 18 operating companies had put it in themselves and that was one of the things that we really struggled with and people got a bit confused as to you know well, well what version do we update because there are 18 different versions of them mm. so so what sort of things because when they were saying we want we want an app what were they saying they wanted an app for um, 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 what was what was? It's not that they go. I really want an app. They they want the app in order to do something or or or, or experience something. Yeah. So most of our drivers, um, they are rostered, so they need to find out what duties that they're on the next day, the next week, and things like that. So what they really wanted was an app where they would be able to get duty information from, but also. Uh, running board information. So a running board is, it it tells the bus what it's got to do for the day. The duty is what the driver does to that bus. So they wanted to get all of that information. You know, we had it. It was historically pinned to notice boards or in a lever arch folder in one of the depots, but we had it digitally. So we, we really took the opportunity when we rolled out Blink to integrate that into it. Mm. So a running board is—is is that like the schedule or? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's where where the the sixty two bus is going to go. That's the route. It, uh, but it's presumably a bit more detailed than my kind of. It's just the schedule, the bus timetable. It's 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 more detailed than that. Yeah. Yeah. It tells the driver when he has his breaks, how long he's got rest at either end, things like that as well. Okay. Okay. So so they want you to know. Um, very tangible things about how to do their work and when it was going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And previously they couldn't, you know, it, it wasn't loaded 
onto our intranet before because it was just too too time consuming to do it um, because you had to create pages and and things like that. So it was one of the things that just was never loaded onto the intranet. Okay, just a kind of random question that's come into my mind. So I'm I'm thinking that do drivers drive the same routes all the time, or do some people like to swap or? Uh, a majority of drivers will drive the same route every day, um, but there are element that there are some areas where drivers will chop and change just for a bit of variety. Yeah, and and, and if you're driving the same route and there are particular sort of, I imagine each route's got its own sort of idiosyncrasies, and things happen like you've got some some road work somewhere that means that jo- are they able to sort of share that information with with other drivers on that route? Yes. Yeah, they can now. So previously, if there were issues on the routes and things like that, there would be, it would have to wait until the driver got back to the depot and, you know, they'd have to kind of pass the information across. The way that we've now set it up on Blink is that they can share that information not whilst they're driving, obviously, because they can't have their their phone whilst they're driving. But when they get to their rest point at the end of the the, uh, trip that they're doing, so they have a, a certain amount of stand time, once the engine's off of the bus, they're then able to go on their mobile phone send a message to their colleagues. Just, just, on, just on that, I mean, what's what's the policy? Because obviously you're delivering um, an app to people's mobile phones. What's what's the policy with 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 drivers and, and mobile phones? Uh, when the engine is on, the, the phone is not in sight in the cab and is switched off at all times. Right. That's the, the right. simple way of putting the policy. So if they are out of the cab and the engine is switched off, they are then allowed to use their mobile phones. Right, okay. So, and it's so, the same for uh, the Apple Watches and things like that as well, the smartwatches. Okay, so how do they communicate while they're, they're driving? Obviously, if there's a safety yeah, incident. Okay. Yeah, there are some radios on some of the vehicles. Um, for those that don't have radios on the vehicles, they would need to step out of the cab and use their phone to, to ring back to the depot. But a majority mm-hmm. of the buses have radios in them. Mm. Okay, so... Um, and, and what struck me when I was looking at it with you um, in Chicago and you won the Digital Workplace of the Year Award for um, Frontline Mobile um, uh, was was how kind of usable it was. It, it was very simple. It sort of did what it said. Uh, and it was a very it was a it wasn't it didn't sort of flatter you with you know uh, you know kind of things you didn't need um uh, and and that was part of the was that part of the blink app out of the box or did you or did you customize it yeah no so we it kind of that's how it came um and really that's what appealed to us as well because we realized that most you know we have a very very different workforce depending on where you go around the country there are certain regions where we have an older workforce who are not perhaps as tech savvy as those in in other areas so we really wanted this to be simple for absolutely everybody to to navigate there were things that we worked with the blink team during the the proof of concept that we did and the pilots that we did at two of our depots where we asked them to build things for us and they said absolutely we can understand why you want to do that and they then built it as part of the the standard product so there were things like that 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 we kind of just helped them to navigate their roadmap what would be an example of that uh previously we didn't have when we first launched blink there wasn't something called scheduled posts so we, um, from time to time, practically every day, in fact, at four o'clock in the morning, we have a security word that goes out around the business 
And that security word is a, a word that's shown on our mobile tickets. So when the customer gets on the bus, you know that when they flash you their mobile phone that's got this word flashing in the middle of the ticket, you know that's the security word of the day and it's a valid ticket for the day. So that changes at four o'clock every morning. When we first launched Blink, the ability to schedule a post to go on at four o'clock in the morning wasn't available. So we, we spoke to them and said, you know, any chance you could do that? And, and you know, within a week, it was available and built and it was on the platform. And where, where did you decide to pilot it? Did you choose sort of quite different regions to, yes, to test it? definitely. Um, so I, I was keen to avoid London and Manchester because anything we typically pilot, we always pick on London and we always pick on Manchester. So I was keen to Why? avoid those two areas. Uh, London, because some of our teams are based in London and Manchester, mm. because well, London and Manchester are our two biggest operating companies as well. Um, and the, the old adage was, if it works in London, it will work anywhere. So I was keen to avoid that. And really, we actually left London to one of the last rollouts of this project anyway. So one of the last people to get it. So what we did is we picked Gilmore's Depot, which is just outside Liverpool. Um, and the reason I picked Gilmore's is because it is the biggest, or one of the biggest depots outside of London and Manchester. They have 550-odd staff at this depot. And their engagement with our previous intranet was fantastic. They absolutely loved it. So that was going to be a real test as to whether or not could we drag them off of the intranet and push them onto Blink? And then I picked complete polar opposite. We went down to Plymouth. Plymouth historically was a, a depot that we purchased from another operator. Um, and were, there was about 150 employees there, so quite a small depot. And also had almost zero engagement with the intranet. So it was real polar opposites. So we had one that was really, really good and one that had no, no activity on the intranet whatsoever. Okay, and what did you, what did you find? Were they did they how did they each res, respond to the pilot? Both absolutely loved it. So we ran a six week pilot in both of those locations, um, and we set ourselves some goals. Um, we set ourselves that we wanted an eighty percent goal for the claimed accounts, which we got. Um, we also looked at things such as the app opens and the logins against the current intranet. It was it far exceeded what we thought it was going to be. But, you know, I, I had reservations about down in Plymouth because I spent a couple of weeks down there and, you know, whether or not people would take to it. They absolutely loved it. Um, mm. There was 107 employees that completed a, a staff survey afterwards and every single one of them said they'd recommend Blink to their colleagues. Wow. And and what would the what would the sort of participation or take up rate of, of of use of the intranet have been for those hundred and seven people in Plymouth previously? In Plymouth it would have been none. But, you know, very, very few people would have used the okay. internet. Yeah, you, know, you spoke to people about it and they went, Oh, I don't even know my username and password. So it, it kind of told us all we knew really. Yeah. So that's it's really kind of staggering. That's one of the things I've sort of noticed with what I'll call the digitally disenfranchised. And and it's been one of my frustrations for an awful long time, which is, you know, the organizations all get great services into the offices and so on. And then there's a whole bunch of people out mobile sales, distribution, transportation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, who just get left out in the kind of digital cold, and and what amazes me, and and we've seen this with with 
some other organizations in retail environments, you know, where you give them something that they actually want to use. And the participation rate goes from sort of 10 percent to 70 or 80 percent. And it's it's kind of dramatic. The the, the differences. Yeah, very much so. So um, what was the rollout program afterwards? Did you train people? Um, um, uh, did, did they use their own phones for this? Did you give them devices? How did that work? So everybody, so there's only a few, uh, and by a few, kind of managers and supervisors around the business will have company phones. Uh, everybody else, we do not issue phones to. So again, that was another part of um, kind of, it wasn't difficult to do, but the convincing of people to put a work app on their personal phone. Um, so it's one of the challenges that we, we easily overcome because once people could see the benefits of it, then there wasn't really any any argument for them to not, not have it on their devices. Um, but the rollout, what we did, so whilst we were negotiating contracts and kind of working out how we then got this around, firstly, the rest of the depots within that operating company, um, and then looked at how we then rolled it out across the rest of the, the businesses. What we did is, in the meantime, prior to Christmas, um, so this was kind of July, August time of last year, Prior to Christmas, what we did is we actually completed the rollout for the whole of the uh, Merseyside operating company, so that's a further three depots, and then we completed the rollout for the rest of the southwest region, which was another three or four depots. We also then tried to throw another one in, so we, we completed the Midlands rollout, which was about five depots um, prior to Christmas, and then in a seven-week period after Christmas, we hit the remaining 15 operating companies in seven weeks. So wow. it was quite a very, very quick program. Um, we were challenged to try and get it out there as quick as possible, and that was as quick as we could physically do it. So we literally started the week, the first week back of this year, uh, after Christmas and New Year. We did a, a very aggressive rollout program, had a team of people that were the rollout team. Um, we had a north, central, and south rollout team, which was two people from that, that came from my team, um, that we supplied. We then asked for a representative from each depot to become the Blink champion. So they would be the people that would be able to kind of put an arm around the people that are struggling technology-wise and you know really guide them into how to get the best out of their Blink and how to actually install it on the phones and things like that. So we did one week in each, each operating company um, and, and literally we tried to hit as many depots as possible. In some areas, that's just not physically possible because there was not enough days and too many depots. So we kind of, that's why we asked for the depot champions to attend uh, kind of an onboarding session on the Monday morning at one central location within the operating company to then allow us to then kind of train the trainer and we would then be on site and, and not really far away in case anything really did happen that we had to get to the depot, then we could. Fortunately, that didn't happen, but we would, we would be on the Blink platform for any questions as well. But it was quite an aggressive rollout that we that we managed to achieve. Mm. And and how's this helped Stagecoach? Uh, we now have an easier way that we can communicate with our drivers um, because previously, you know, when when our CEO Martin Griffiths wanted to to send a, a news item out, it would traditionally go out via email to all of the senior leaders across the business, and then it would then be printed out or people may find it on the Stagecoach Group website. Now he has instant access to send that information on the Blink platform. Um, and, and the information that we've got back, 
on some of these feeds, um, the, the posts in the feed has really kind of helped the business as well. So when we were doing the pilot in uh, Gilmore's depot, the managing director actually said to us there was there was an issue with bus timings on a Sunday running into the centre of Liverpool because a lot of people were going shopping and the timings were just not enough to enable the bus to get in and out of Liverpool in enough time, so they were always running late. And he actually found out some, some key information from the Blink platform, purely because drivers were just having a discussion on the feed, saying, you know, oh, we need to look at this and things like that. And he actually put a change into the schedules, which then meant that they weren't then running late because he gave them additional time to get in and out of Liverpool on a Sunday afternoon. And he actually said that he could have sat in the canteen for weeks on end listening to people and not found out that information that he found out on Blink where he just you know, opened his screen and the information was, was there, you know, looking mm. in the face. So it's really given us a lot more. We're getting a lot more feedback from our employees now. So whereas before, it's very much kind of a push service and, you know, here's the information you need to know. Now, it's a, yes, it is still... You know, we're pushing content out to people, but they are commenting back and actions are being taken based on the comments if, if needed, really. So have you got like a, does this uh, enable you to have almost like a dashboard so you can see what communications and activities happening in the app? So we can get, there are analytics that are built into Blink as standard. Um, if, I'm, if I'm in a team, I can see what's happening in a team, but the analytics won't tell me what's going on within that team as such. Um, it, it won't drill down to that granularity. But I can look at kind of how many comments are being made in certain teams, how many likes, how many feed posts are sent, how many messages are being sent across the platform, if they're in a direct message or a group message. Because Blink also has kind of like a WhatsApp functionality as well. And again, that's something that's really gone down well with our employees is that previously, if I was... If, a driver and I was on my break but I was 10 miles away from the depot but I wanted to ask the manager a question previously I'd have to you know come back to the depot he might he or she might not be available and then it's time lost whereas now I can go straight onto the blink chat I can open up a message with my manager and I can ask him a question straight away and that's mm. something that's really you know helped change the business as well has it actually just thinking about that you know one of the things that a lot of organizations struggle with is is shadow it where there's other you know uh, services available like whatsapp that people are using internally because frankly they haven't got anything has that helped with that issue it has, and the reason it has is because I now don't need to know someone's mobile phone number to chat to them so previously, you know, if I wanted to change my job with, with Fred, who's doing a, a duty that I want to change my job with him, I'd have to get Fred's number to message him on WhatsApp. Whereas if he's on Blink, I don't need to know his number because he's already been authenticated into the platform. So I can just message him through Blink without needing to know his contact details. Hmm. Yeah, and it also is sort of part of something that I've seen, which is a, it, it's quite early stages, but of, of a rise of, of more secure platforms within organisations that have functionality that might be only experienced externally, but now is available internally. So I think it's a really interesting thing. Has this had any effect on retention in the in the company? Um, I haven't got any statistics around that, if I'm completely honest. Um, mm. I wouldn't say this on its own has, but there are a number of initiatives and things that we're starting to do with Blink now 
um, certainly new features that will be coming soon that hopefully will have an impact on retention. So we're starting to plug our benefits platform in because our, our view is that Blink will be the front door to every system in the business. So if you're a driver and you want to get to your payslips, you'll go through Blink and you'll obtain your payslips electronically. If you want to see what benefits, and, and by the benefits platform, I mean that we, we've signed up to a business where um, they'll give you 10% off at the local supermarket or cinema vouchers and things like that. So it's like an e um, sure. voucher sort of thing. So Blink will be the front door to that. So I haven't got any stats as to whether or not it, it definitely has. Um, I'd certainly like to think it, it certainly has made drivers' lives easier and they can certainly communicate their issues a lot easier now. So certainly with our staff survey, we're, we're currently in the process of doing our staff survey now. So I'd expect to see some some changes in, you know, I feel I'm being listened to in that category this year because we've now, since the last staff survey last year, we've now introduced Blink. Hmm. So I suppose, it, and it kind of gets into my, the sort of wider question is, how has this, has this changed the culture um of the of of stagecoach in in ways because obviously people feel more engaged and are able to communicate and do things that they couldn't previously yeah um certainly in certain i wouldn't say it's changed the culture absolutely everywhere because there are still some depots that are um they're so small that the culture there would be difficult to change. So certainly some of our mm. um, North Scotland depots, you know, some of these depots have 10 or 12 people based in them. So to introduce a platform like Blink to them when they they see each other every day anyway, it, mm. it's not really going to have that much of an impact on their culture. But what we've tried to do is we've tried to turn things off. Certainly, again, let's take Gilmos as the example. They now don't have any notice boards whatsoever in the depots, uh, in the depot there, with the exception of the health and safety mandatory notices. So they took the decision once they launched Blink to take absolutely everything off of the notice board. So if you want to know anything, you have to go on to Blink to get it. So it certainly has, you know, where you've got depots that, that do that. And that's that's not something that we've enforced everywhere yet because we, as a business, we're not we're not in that place yet. Um, I think we will be in a couple of years' time. We'll, we'll be in that uh, position to have kind of, you know, no notice boards anywhere at all but it certainly has affected the culture in certain areas yes and how's this i imagine there have been benefits for passengers as well um certainly with the passing of information between the drivers there has been yeah um we use it for so not obviously not directly to passengers but we do put on uh, the customer's feedback so it is kind of benefiting that Previously, if someone said thanks very much, yeah. we, we can now publicise I mean, that across the business. I mean, what I was thinking was that the 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 the, the service that you're providing as a as a company, um, I imagine it's more efficient, um, uh, higher quality, and because you know all of this is going to raise the 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 you know the capacity for people to do the work well, and that presumably also then has an effect i mean you mentioned the the situation with timetables in liverpool on a sunday and what's going on so other people then getting that and going oh this is kind of better than it used to be or something like that very much so we're getting live feedback from from our drivers about things that are working and and perhaps not working on the routes definitely mm. so what's the most surprising thing that you've learned from this this whole um incredible 
uh, story and 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 you know ability to affect the organisation so much. I think I was I was stunned at how quickly people took to it across the business. Um, certainly towards the end of the rollout, you know, I I thought when we set up this project, I thought mm, you know I'd be I'd be happy if we got ten thousand people on this platform when we finished. When, you know, when when I was ready to hand it over to business as usual, and you know, towards the end, we were almost at seventeen thousand people using this platform. So for me, that's what stunned me was I, I I could see the benefits in this. I loved it. You know, I really took to it and blink. You know, from my own personal point of view, I very rarely email anybody now within the business because if they're on blink, I'm going to chat to them on blink. But I was really surprised that all of our drivers took to it so quickly. And I was really, you know, pleased and proud that they actually did, and and have made you know Blink the success it is today. Yeah, I mean, you must feel really kind of thrilled at, at what you've been able to do for your company. Definitely, yeah. Mm. And um, anything that you feel you'd like to sort out, which the current service doesn't offer to to people. Uh, I don't think there is really. Um, you know, as I say, we're we're undergoing a number of transformation projects in the business anyway, and our view now is, um, you know, we're moving everything up to the cloud and things like that. And once we start to move systems more up into the cloud, Blink will be the front door to all of those systems, and Blink are more than happy to you know, kind of accommodate us, and we can steer their roadmap and and kind of help them to to better the products for everybody. Hmm. So, um, and and what does the the MD of the company think? I mean, if 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 I asked uh, asked him um, how important is this to the company, what what would he say? I think it's it's very important. Um, I certainly know that um, our, our CEO knows the benefit of Blink and is on Blink and even messages the senior leaders around the business through Blink and then some of the regional managing directors and, and opco managing directors you know people who i wouldn't have seen using the internet at all i now see commenting on posts on blink and for me you know if you've got a think of that as a driver there's a driver that posts something and they get the managing director re- replying back to their post that's such a powerful message that previously we never would have got there never would have been mm. that and to get that i think for me is, is fantastic it is. It's it's an extraordinary. It really feels like you've you've unlocked something that an awful lot of organisations struggle with, and it's a you know it's a it's a, a terrific and an, an amazing story. So I like to end with a a, a different question, um, Ricky. So so what's a perfect working day? What does that involve for you? For me, a perfect working day. Um, wow, that's a good question. Um, just uh, getting into the office and and making a difference is a perfect working day. And I know that sound, may sound very cliche, but I'm working on a lot of change projects at the moment. So for me, the perfect working day is coming out at the end of the day, actually achieving something. I hate coming out of the day thinking, well, that was a total waste of a day and I've achieved absolutely nothing. Mm. I thought I thought maybe you'd say it would be some experience of going to a particular depot or something like that, and um, uh, you know, seeing the kind of uh, value that they're getting out of it. But I suppose that would be an example of it. I suppose um, I don't 
Yeah. Great. So um, anything else you wanted to end with, Ricky? No, there's nothing from me, Paul. Thank you. Good. Great. Well, it's been a delight to talk to you. And, you know, congratulations to you. Congratulations to Blinch and, and all the team that's that's made this happen. And, um, um, you know, I feel like I've, pun intended, been on a journey with you today. So um, <laughs> thank you so much for that, Ricky. And um, great to have you on the show. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. And if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the show, go to digitalworkplacegroup.com forward slash DWG underscore podcast. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.